I'm Rosa Mendez, and I'm here at the number one Long Island broadcast, Monty Montero. I have the best time ever! Hey, listen, Daddy. You're listening to the number one broadcast, Monty and Farrell, Daddy, in Long Island. The best pro wrestling broadcast of all time, I think. <laughs> Jimmy, I got to tell you, man, it feels good to be back on YouTube. It was uh, quite disappointing what happened to us, but we bounced back pretty fairly quickly. Well, what else would we do? We're almost at 5,000 subscribers. Well, speaking of that, man... Yeah. We need more members. Okay. What do you think we need to do to get the people of those 5,000 subscribers to come on and, and join the team as a Monty and a Farrow member? Nudity is out of the question. Any other ideas? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. But what I, I do have a few ideas. Well, just like Prell, they should tell two friends, and they can tell two friends, and so on and so on. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. Check out all our content. But that's you know what? That's why you're you're the star of the show because guess what? Members get special content. Even we spoke about it. Farrell came to me one day and he goes, Man, what's the deal? I can't even watch some of these videos because I'm not a member. And I said, There you go, Farrell. You gotta be a member because this is what the members get. They get free content nice. that none of the other fans that watch this show get. That's right. You get Free autographs from some of these wonderful stars that come in, right? Nice. All you do is you go to the MNP webpage, or, right, our own page, yeah. and shoot us an email and say, hey, man, I want a picture of Tommy Rich. I want a picture of whatever. And, boy, that's we on its way. We give them their choice. That's right. We rock. We do, do rock. You need to rock, too. Join. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Ron Conkham in New York. <laughs> By the way, I, uh, Farrow, I grabbed like an old script I was working on, oh, and no. it says, what at you... the board, producer, Jeff. Jeff? <laughs> I just noticed it. I now. turned on the computer on the success. Hey, get your hands off the board. So... Cinco anyway. de Mayo, we're on the final leg. In yes, between us is uh, ESO from ESO Creative, one of our sponsors. It also has a show. The After the Show. The After Show every uh, Thursday night at 10.30. So ESO is going to join us. We had Mar your So Marty was in the middle. Now you're oh, in the gosh. middle. You, may, got, you are in some really I got good, some big shoes to fill You here. do have some big in shoes. In a rarefied chair. But Very really nice. big fills, shoes to fill. We've got Manny Fernandez oh, man. and Tommy Rich. Wow. And again icons in this business before we get to it though oh, yeah. Farrow, yeah a subway killing by a former marine divides new york city what the caught on video chokehold death of a homeless mentally ill michael jackson impersonator by a former u.s marine aboard a manhattan subway train was ruled a homicide wednesday as angered protests erupt over the killing you got the video I don't have. The I mean, I the I really. Up there, I got to be I got to be responsible. I can't rant and rave until I see this video. I don't know why a chokehold was applied. I don't know what's wrong with her. I don't know why this happened. Anything on your end, Michael? Because normally not. I would probably go to town, but I haven't seen this video. I will not be well, an irresponsible. I, I would. I would. Jackass. I would. I, I got to see it. We were talking about this on Thursday, right? Okay. When men used to fight, right? Right. You fought. Right. You beat someone up. Yeah, it was you over. Won, you won. You walked away. You dealt with it. But it seems right. like you have to, like, it's a fight to the death now. So it's like, oh, is it you got really? the guy in a chokehold, maybe you should let him go at some point. You right? might want to. You might just go, okay, I got wanna. him. I'm winning. You might want right? to realize that you might be cutting off his air and, he, and the person may die. You might want to realize that. Okay, that's fair enough. So for the person who didn't let it go till the person was dead, if that's what happened, you're a douchebag. Next. Well, I don't want to say that either. I well if if I don't know everything word, behind it. All I'm saying is let it go. Word. It's it's a key word. You got to know when you're fucking choking someone out. You got to know. I mean, even I know. Not that I've done it, but you got to know. You got to well, know. know, right? We're just such a we're in a yeah, day and age where a punch in the face doesn't do anything. I'm a veteran, so I, I can't. Uh... Depends on who's punching, but go go ahead. Yeah. Well, back in the day, what, what would happen? You'd have two guys go yeah. out. They go outside, they get have over a scuffle, it. come right. back in, have a beer. Get over it. Right. I still see that sometimes at the bar. Sometimes. But a lot of the time, no. It's always like cops right. are involved. Oh, right. you know, this well, one spit got on a gun. me. Oh, <laughs> oh they well, got I, a gun. Yeah. Well, the good thing about right. being on the Monty Farrow show 
is I'm yeah. having a beer with y'all. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, 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 nobody. Oh, wait a minute. All right. Hard seltzer. Roll, baby. He don't care about anything else but getting this done. Manny, where the weed at? Where's the weed at? What's going on here? Well, I don't know where that goes. <laughs> I smelled some good weed when I was coming in the joint. Right, enough, about, about, enough about me and my car. <laughs> Let's move on to something else. <laughs> I saw a happy car. I thought it was floating out there. <laughs> yeah, but he pulled right up. High instantly. It's like, what the fuck? I didn't even get out of the car yet. I want to thank the band that sings a theme song for Monty DeFaro and Jimmy Farrow. If you didn't know, that's Jimmy Farrow, along with our partner, Bart Griggs. Bart, man. Make up the band, Wisteria Hall. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams, great. This Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. Not good. You can find great. their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Find Download it. their music on Are Spotify. Download. I think you're supposed to put them, promote me and Tommy. Come on now. That's coming, man. Oh, that's coming. Enough rubbing each other's back. Now get over here. You got to get the rub. It's coming. <laughs> Got to do a little rubbing before we do a little rolling. If you didn't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty DeFaro. Catch us on the Monty DeFaro YouTube page, the Monty DeFaro Facebook Live page. Hear us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, the Monty DeFaro Twitch TV page. And if you're lucky enough to live in New York, where you'll see these two icons in yes. the reduced version. That's a On Channel 115, three times a week, every Tuesday at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. on Saturday. And on Channel cable. 20, a Tuesday at 7 p.m. Where over 250,000 viewers oh, watch oh, us weekly. Is that all? Okay. We are not, we are not going to break <laughs> because we've got... Oh. An icon in Tommy Rich. Yes. And an American hero and a treasure. Can we stand? Mr. Manny Fernandez. Can we stand for Manny? We can stand I'm for Manny I'm standing for Manny's service. Oh. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys, man. You are no. welcome. It's a great so, night. Thank you, Got a you, damn dear sir. friend next to me. Thank and you. And there's very few of us left of the old generation that we'd like to hang on to and, you know, watch us. Carry on, because there's very few of us left to carry on in this great professional wrestling, not professional entertaining. We're talking about professional wrestling, okay? Yep, the real deal. Well, before we get into the professional wrestling, I want to thank you, sir, for your service and the honor of being able to have someone defend this country like you have. And we want to say thank you from the Monty and the Faro Show and all its listeners. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go, Jim Cornette. Call me uh, Stolen Valor again to my face. Mm. <laughs> that was a tough guy, huh, Jim Cornette? What is that all about, man? You know, he's running his mouth once, you know. And, of course, I got in a lot of trouble for it. But he went out there on Facebook and said I was Stolen Valor never served. So I posted my service in Southeast Asia on Facebook and my better half beat the living crap out of me for saying, why would you have to prove to somebody that's stupid who you really are? Wow. This guy's no tougher than a bowl of t- uh, tapioca pudding. <laughs> he, he, he couldn't beat up a bowl of tapioca pudding, much less going to be like you. Please, did you don't be- ever be that stupid again. Manny, <laughs> did you pick up the phone and address him for this bullshit, you know, his attitude? I mean, what is nah, this? Nah, you know, after I got chewed out by the woman. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Okay. About okay. being an idiot and posting my be record. Be the better person. Yeah. I got you. She said, be the better person. You're bigger brand than that. There you are. You know, there ain't no excuse for ignorance. Is no, the no. That's for damn no. sure. Hell's no. And you know what? You know, when you cross the line over, you know, scripted professional wrestling and then challenge a man yeah, on his, his real life and what his real value, valor, it's a big problem yeah. in my book. Yep. Yep. Look, yeah. Manny, today's youth, right? A lot of them don't even understand the sacrifices of gentlemen like yourself Clueless. and Vietnam. Clueless. Right? Time has passed. It doesn't matter. They're all on their iPhones. I think it's important. I know for me, I know for my family and my friends, that people are aware of what you've done for this country. I know this could be very difficult for you to speak about, and I understand if you don't want to speak about it. Please consider that. But I think... Please. This is a time where Mr. Fernandez shares with the fans out there what he did for this country in Vietnam. You know, I'm going to tell you, uh, this morning, when we were waiting on Tommy, uh, me and my girl, we went out to eat at a a diner up here in New Jersey, Pacific, New Jersey. And I was eating at the diner, and uh, a guy came up to me, 
And he said, thank you for your service, sir. And I noticed he was wearing a collar. I noticed he was a Catholic priest. Mm. And I said, oh, my God, thank you, sir, very much. I truly appreciate it. He says, I'm here to honor this World War II vet. And I looked over. He says, oh, my God. I almost fell to my knees and kissed his hand. That's a World War II veteran, almost 100 years old. And he come over to my table, the priest then, and he's in the, probably in his 90s, and to thank me for my service. And I was like, geez, please, it's a God-given honor to honor this man. World War II vet still alive. You know, that's unbelievable. Their sacrifice and what they did to protect this nation during that period against Germany and Japan. That is the biggest honor in the world that ever was given probably to me today by that priest and that gentleman coming up to me. You know, but Manny, how hard is it for you to uh, digest the injustice and disrespect towards the Vietnam vet? I have a shirt um, that got presented to me by a few people. It says, Vietnam vet never again, never forgotten. And that means a lot. I won't wear it a lot of places because it affects, it affects, <laughs> it affects me differently. We're here with you, brother. Absolutely, man. God bless you, man. God bless you for sure. Mm. Right. But it's I, I to sit here with Manny. It's an honor. Uh, you know the sacrifices they make. I mean, not only do they go defend the country, but they their their families are left behind. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's just uh, and, and 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 like you said, a lot of folks don't respect that the the sacrifices these guys have made, and and it, you know, to sit here with Manny, uh, you know, defended our country and and become a professional wrestler. I mean, he's had a full life, and and. He's told me a couple of stories, and it, 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 I'm getting goosebumps sitting here, mm. sitting here right now, just thinking about it. You but know, um, the hardest thing to deal with is uh, seeing vets homeless. I'm very, you know, I'm service connected, very well taken care of. The VA, I've had uh, all my surgeries done. Last year, I've had five major surgeries, over half a million dollars in surgeries, and not a dime out of my pocket. So I'm very blessed for that. But to see homeless vets that are suffering because I get a lot of help for my uh, PTSD. I get a lot of help. I haven't, you know, I got great doctors. I play around with them. You know, I got one, I, his name is uh, uh, Pedro Palomino, and I call him Little Peppy. <laughs> hey, Little Peppy, what's up, my brother? <laughs> what are we doing today, Little Peppy? <laughs> you know, I get into it with him. We do the thing, but um, uh, it's hard to see that. The disrespect some people have that don't understand it. It's not over when you come home. Mm. It's not over ever. No. It's always going to be there, no matter what. It'll always be there. And you're always going to have idiots, no matter what. It's, we know that. We've been around them all our life in the business. You can't stop stupid. You'll never stop stupid, you know. No. It's, it's a shame that, uh, you know, people don't understand that the freedom in this country is not free. Yeah. Yep. It's far from free. Far from. Oh, and there's a lot to take it for granted, bro. Yeah. There's a lot to And take a lot it of people granted. on the ground, you know, Manny, for those who don't know, how long were you over there, if I can ask? I did EVAC. Okay. I came in at the tail end of that. I've been with the uh, guys that were in there when they, they were in, in the shit in the 60s, 69, mm -hmm. fest and all that, and I did that. Mm. We did EVAC. We pulled everybody out of Laos, you know, the, the so-called important people out of Laos where we weren't supposed to be at. Of course not. You know, wasn't supposed to be in there. Hush, hush. Yep. Yeah, yep. just like my DD-214, yep. best available mm. because of the things that we did, right? That's a lot of things that they, they won't say. And uh, I did a evac out of Da Nang and Saigon uh, when the Hancock and the Enterprise were there. The last bombing runs on there trying to get the VC back so we can get all the people out of Saigon and out of the embassies. So I was there, you know. A couple months, three months at did the you, most. Did you personally everybody. have some uh, bad experiences when you got back, rude treatment or anything like that? Or Yeah, you know, coming back, the bad thing is about what made me join them. I got to play football 
anywhere in the anywhere in the country. Oh yeah, that scholarship to play football or yep. wrestle. I was a two-time state champion in high school. Stud. How much you wrestle and yep. everywhere in the, and played football, but you know, in California it was horrible because that generation would was marching and putting down the Vietnam vets, baby killers, always having babies all bloodied up, signs of baby killers mm, yeah. and all that because of that one incident mm-hmm. and stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. and my my family all served in World War II. My uncles, my mom's side, fought in the Battle of Midway and the big Battle of Midway in World War II. And, and I just got sick and tired of watching the protests and knowing that my family served, I decided not to take a scholarship to play football at UCLA and join the military. So wow. I ended up going, you know, my mom didn't want me to join the Marines because I wanted to go Marine hardcore, you know, recon Marine and everything. And uh, she didn't want that. So I joined the Navy to make her happy. <laughs> and then I got into Special Forces, right. UDT. <laughs> so you could have you taken the sports route. I went, I went in this underwater welding and I took the underwater part to another stand. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, me ask, let me ask you this, Manny. Um, Jane Fonda, who you know recently has revealed that she's sick, how does the Vietnam vet feel about Jane Fonda at this point at this time? Is there any forgiveness there, or she really spoke? Or is out. it still yeah. is it still an issue with the Vietnam vet? You know, almost every issue that people bring up because it's a personal issue. Do certain events at a certain time? affected that certain core of people that were involved in that event differently than would the other event. So there's like, you know, to me, when I came back, I felt my country let me down because we didn't finish what we started and we lost 58,000 brothers were deaf, not left behind, but we lost them. They were killed in action. We lost that many people over an action that we weren't allowed to finish. And what made me so angry was I didn't get the payback that I thought we should have got. In my book, it's payback for the people that you taken from us. You had no right to take the lives of these. Most of the age of the kids in Vietnam that died were 19. They're young kids. Yeah. Never got a chance to go up. Never got a chance like me to go back to college and play football. Right. You know, and all that stuff. But that's. That's that's one of the hardest to deal. I deal with it right now in my life. Like I was telling you, yeah. when we got together and you wanted to do the interview, yeah. and I was going through a hard time with my PTSD, and was it was just at the level that I had an incident with somebody, and it was to the point where you either shut yourself down or you're going to end up behind bars again, and you don't want to do that. You know, you want to do that. So. Does does this country have to do more for its veterans? This country owes a big debt to the veterans if you think about it. They should answer. That's a self-explanatory answer. Men, women, the men and women defend this country and they're still doing it in Syria right now. We're still out there, the men and women fighting ISIS and nobody says anything. We're still out in the middle, uh, Middle East doing that with our Navy out there. The guys worrying about China. All these people that are still on high alert with everything going on in Ukraine. It's a stressful thing to think at any moment, you know, the battle station will be called and you're going to be on. You're going to be on the fighting line. There's no guarantee you're going to come back. You just got to believe in one another, you know. It's like, you know, we get I mean, just a subject for a minute because I'm sitting next to a brother, Tommy. If we were on the road together and something happened to Tommy, I'd be there mm. because we were brothers of the road. We shared the same load. He took care. Here's my life. I will take care of it. You will take care of it. Give me your life and I will take care of it. We take care of one another so we can make a living for our families. That was a bond in pro wrestling back in the day. That was a bond in the military. That was a bond with my team. We took we took each other to battle and we came back home together no matter what. We didn't leave nobody behind. That's the way pro wrestling was. In the early days when we drove around in cars going town to town, four guys in a car, yeah, yeah having fun, Coming back home, drinking, driving, getting crazy, mooning people. Doing stupid stuff. Doing stupid stuff <laughs> down the road, throwing beers at one another, <laughs> driving down the road, shit, shit canning beers at each other. 
Well, all that race, Harley race, come up behind you with the lights <laughs> off. 100 miles an hour, come that up and didn't you, know how to drive. you in the ass yeah. in and start pushing you. Oh, I mean, God. you know, at Harley, yeah. yeah. I was in my Trans Am one night. We wrestled in Augusta, Georgia, and, and uh, I'd wrestled Harley. And he had a rental car. It's a station wagon, I think. I was in my Trans Am doing about 80. All of a sudden, I something's wrong with his car. And Harley done got up on my ass and was pushing me with his headlights out. Mm. You know, I mean, just no, just it was a brotherhood. It you know, back in the day, yeah. you know, it it wasn't it wasn't. If I tell on this guy, I'm gonna get a bigger push because it didn't matter. We was all brothers, and, and I might have my shot, and then Manny'd have his shot. You know, he'd be here. We were no eagles. You know, yeah, it, it was, was business. It was business. We got paid by putting asses in the seats. And, and, and it was uh, one night I could be main event Harley Race, the next night I'd be opening match. And who cares? We are so for, we are so fortunate to have two wrestlers. Wrestlers, I ask you guys both. Uh, we've heard a lot of Harley Race today. Is Harley Race the wrestlers wrestler? Yeah, there's so yeah. many of the, the but, but, but we had so many of those guys. Yeah, Terry yeah, Funk. There was Dory Funk and Terry Funk night and day. I called him night and day because Dory was so scientific. <laughs> He'd be in the short arm scissors for like six hours. <laughs> One hole for six hours. You get up, get down. But, but it was but the never boring. Was it, the though. people bought it, right, Tommy? Yeah, they get so excited. Every time he would move a muscle, oh, and it would be one stupid hole. For yeah. <laughs> it's a rest hold. What's but, the problem? But that, you know. There you go. <laughs> But that's, I mean, but it's, but like Manny said, uh, like me and Manny, we, like he would be in Charlotte working that territory of Florida. I mean, he drew big money there. And I was in Georgia, we were drawing big money there. So it was, it was, but, but it was a brotherhood then. You know, now I think it's more like, they just out for each other. They, they, I, for and, themselves. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, and, and I may be wrong. Maybe they are brotherhood. But the stories I hear, you know, I, no. I don't know. I really doubt they're traveling the road with their rental cars up and down the way you oh, guys yeah. did. I really doubt that. So oh, you guys no. had... Look, sometimes we travel in our own cars, you know what I'm saying? But the fun part about the old days... If we would take turns, who would drive that day, he'd drive his car. So we wouldn't put a lot of miles on our cars because we had four guys on four different cars, and one day it would be Tommy's turn to drive, but next day it would be my turn to drive. The next day it would be Sam's day to drive. The next day it would be Ola's day to drive. So we all had different cars at different times, and, and, and we had fun because if we had to, we'd pay each other three, three cents a mile, and he didn't make his gas money. We made yep. gas money. In other words, we took care of each other. There was no problems. It was never a problem with each other. There was no egos about this and that. I got. I don't it, believe you could get four in a car today. No. no you know, tra- do the traveling. Right. I mean, you, you, we was on the roads. Probably days. spent more time with each other than we did our wives, our yep. girlfriends, of whatever. Course. I mean, between the road and wrestling, road. I mean, yeah. but it was our life, man, you know, and, and if you had a good lady that stuck with you, you know, you was very blessed. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it was just, it was fun. It was fun. And, you know, it was the greatest thing, like, I was trying to be, do what I did. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. By some of the greatest tra- trainers in Cornwall Island, they made sure I was ready to do my job. Mm. They prepared me to go do my job. And they prepared me to protect my brother doing his job. Same thing with us in pro wrestling. Before I got into the ring to wrestle anybody, I was prepared by Dory Fong, Terry Fong, Dick Murdoch, Blackjack Mulligan, Harley Race, Dusty I was prepared like the same bloodline he got. They prepared you for battle, and they prepared you to wrestle. You didn't have to go there and guess what you were doing. You were told by the greatest to do. You shut your damn mouth and you listened, and you, and you had the greatest matches ever. Oh, That's all you ever did. Shut yeah. your mouth and so, listen. Yeah, the young, the young guys, I mean, it's, it's almost like dancing. You know, one leads and one follows. Mm. And and we had some of the greatest leaders in the world. Oh, my God. Mm. You know, the Briscoes, yep. I mean, Black Jack, uh, King Cole, Bosco, Oli and Gene. You know, you know, I love to hate Oli, but he was a hell of a worker. <laughs> <laughs> I hated Oli. I couldn't stand that song. I, I love Gene Anderson. Though. Oh, Gene was Gene. good. Good, yeah. good. He's a tougher old man. Oh, he was, and, and Gene. Bless his heart, he had a nerve bath. And he didn't remember he'd have to sling his arm. He'd sling his arm up on the wall to to prop it up, you know what I mean? But that's what we did and that Gene, he talked Gene had that twist. Gene Anderson is so damn tough. Oh brother, when I we used to do promos at Woodline for W uh, Mid Atlantic Stuff like that, and I'd get all mad at Rick Flair, start cussing Rick Flair. Gene Anderson grabbed me by the thumb and pulled that thumb out. Oh, Gene, Gene, please, please. <laughs> you better be quiet. Leave that boy alone. I said, okay, Gene, I'll leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> Manny, did you get along with Rick Flair? Like Hell personally? No. Hell's no. no. Hell's no. Do tell. Do tell. No. I never get along with that idiot. Really? <laughs> One time, the greatest time was me and Wahoo were mad because Crockett got pissed off at Wahoo and fined us. From now on, when you guys get upset, we're going to find you, deduct you some pain. Oh. <laughs> right? So we got, and Crockett was in the office, and Flair and Crockett come out together, and while we turn around, and says, Hey, Crockett, don't turn the corner too fast. You might break Flair's nose. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he got fired, too, didn't he? <laughs> no, I guess they five minutes before so, so, Manny, you started in Florida, and Tommy, you I started in Amarillo. Amarillo, and then you moved to Florida. So yeah. both of you. Both of you worked with Gordon Soley. Ah, what, oh, so tell greatest. us tell us what you both thought about oh, Gordon Soley. Oh, this is, go, this is, when I left uh, Amarillo, I started off in Amarillo. J.J. Dillon was there with the Booker with Murdoch and them. And they, Terry and them said, the kid's good enough. Let's send him to Eddie Graham. And if you knew any stories about Eddie Graham, Eddie Graham was the man. You got sent to Eddie Graham, you better show your wares, and you better be tough, because Eddie Graham was one tough old promoter and tough in the ring. And he wanted, if you got recommended by somebody, you better show what you had, and you better be good at it. So <laughs> they sent me to Florida. I go to Florida, and I showed up at the office like they told me with my bag in my hand. You don't go nowhere without that bag, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So back in the office, I opened the door, and there's a guy about 90 years old, old Charlie Lay. Remember Charlie, Charlie Lay? Yes, I did. Charlie Lay wrestled in the 30s and, in the 30s and 20s and 30s, something like that. He said, I said, I'm here to report. Uh, my name's Manny from the Anderson. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. But wait a minute. Go, go through this curtain here and out here. Go in that studio out there. I go out there in that studio, and there's a guy sitting on the desk like you guys are doing. And I walked up, and I introduced myself because that's what I was taught you to you go up and introduce you. My name is, always introduce yourself to everyone. It's respect. And I said, you said, well, I'm Gordon Soli. I went, whoo! Oh, eight o'clock in the morning. A hundred poop, bro. It was a hundred poop. I was like, whoa! I said, he asked me to take him to the airport. Airport one time. And, uh, was he crocked all the time? 
Hell yeah. Me and him, me and him puffed peace pipe on the way there. Gordon Sully smoked weed? (laughs) Gordon Sully smoked weed! Wait a minute! Are you serious? I'm tuning in my 14-year-old virgin ass and he's high? Wow, Gordon rocks. Oh, Gordon, I'm gonna tell you. Gordon, Gordon, I mean, and, and like Florida, I mean, he... Gordon was the mouthpiece for Florida, and Georgia, absolutely, and, and absolutely, he could, and he just his his style. I mean, there's been great commentators. Don't get me wrong, but Not to me, Gordon, Gordon oh, there's no Gordon. Just like no I like Lance Russell out of Memphis. Was he was, he's Stand like good. country, where Gordon was like. You know, just yeah. he'd say Here's stuff. He'd say stuff, and I think, is that even a real word? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Hey, Gordon to me, he says, "Well, come over kid. I said, sit next to me." So I sit next to him. He says, "You're gonna have to go in there and get dressed." He go get dressed. He says, "Yeah, they want you to get suited up, kid." So I, get, I got. So I said, "Well, okay." I went into the dressing room, the TV dressing room. I got all dressed. Came back out, sat next to Gordon. He goes. You're going to be all right, kid. Don't worry about nothing. So I'm looking at him going like, what the hell are you going to do here? <laughs> what the hell are you going to do here? And they came down the stairs. I see this big, big fat guy in blonde hair with Dusty Rhodes. And the guy behind him, <laughs> behind him was behind him was Eddie Graham. And he comes down. And I look over at Gordon. He's got this big shit-hitting grin from ear to ear. And he's laughing like crazy. And then here come Jack and Jerry Briscoe down the street. Briscoe's had some, yeah. Oh, damn. You know, Jack was two-time National Collegiate Jack. Yeah, sure, yeah. Jerry was one oh, time. Oh, yeah, yep. And they said, you got your gear? I said, yeah. And Jack and Jerry got in the ring. I said, oh, shit. I know what's going to happen now. <laughs> and I turned around, and that Gordon never stopped laughing. That's how I got along with He was so great with me. And then I got through getting stressed. Twist I fought back a little bit. Both of them. I mean, Jerry yeah. was tough too. I mean, Jerry, I can't imagine. Jack. Both, oh, yeah. Jack. Oh, yeah. Jack was so good. I called him choke. Everything I tried, he just. Next thing I do, I was on my back. He's on my back. I said, I got Jerry got mad at me because I took him down. He wanted to do fights, and we jumped up, and I put my fist up, and I went to hit him, and Dusty yelled, "Hey!" And so I stopped right. And I told Jerry, I said, dude, you want to go with these? I'll go with them. You're going to lose. <laughs> and then Dusty said, Eddie Graham and, and Gordon goes, I think the kid's all right. <laughs> He's going to make it. He's going to make it. <laughs> so you, you guys mentioned Dusty Rhodes, right? So, you know, Cody Rhodes is kind of the big thing that's going on right oh, yeah. now. Yep, yep. Uh, we've had so, again, we've had so many greats like yourselves in here. And there's such a split decision on Dusty Rhodes. What was your opinion on Dusty Rhodes? Was, was he about himself? all the time or yeah. was he you know what what are your guys thoughts is he great he dusty was great, great. But it, he i mean great. dusty dusty i mean dusty was about dusty but okay. but if he seen you could draw money i mean he he put you with he him. was smart yeah he put you with him Did dusty <laughs> put money in your pockets well he was smart like tommy said look Dusty had the greatest charisma in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Greatest charisma in the world. Oh, he, could yeah. talk, he could talk a man out of, out of Eskimo out of ice, brother. Right. He had the greatest mouth, everything, charisma. Yep. Dusty had a mind for this business, but eventually that mind burned the business. He burned the territories. And I noticed that in Florida because when I started getting to the point where in Florida I was hot selling out everywhere, Dusty always wanted to be next to me. And the young guy, like being with Tommy when he was in Atlanta. Hell, he come to Atlanta and he could be with Tommy. Like in Charlotte, Tom. he did it with Ricky and Robert, too. Yeah, and Magnum yeah. Yeah. Magnum so if Dusty yeah. saw somebody getting over, he just attaches him. Yeah, he doesn't want you to get over him. The okay. thing with Dusty was, okay. that was his ego. It's all about But isn't that Dusty. smart? Well, that's how you burn the business down. After a while, you know, okay. it's unbelievable. Okay. And, you know, and, and that's why Eddie Graham in Florida, when the Florida Territory, when I got to Florida... It was the hottest territory with Atlanta, the two hottest territories yeah. ever. Oh, yeah. You oh, made yeah. money. Yep. And, it, it, and Dusty stayed there, stayed there. Too many ma- matches with Harley Race. And then pretty soon when Dusty and Har- would meet Harley, nobody was showing up. They did the last tango in Tampa at T- ba- Tampa Bay Stadium. And less than 10,000 people showed up. Mm. It looked empty as hell in that stadium. Oh, that's a problem. God. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it, it just got to the point that Eddie couldn't take it no more. So Dusty went elsewhere. And he ended. But every time, the thing about Dusty, every time he was a booker, he brought me in. He brought me in because, number one, I was not only an outlaw 
and always ended up in the doghouse, getting in trouble all the time, doing shit he didn't like. I wouldn't kiss Dusty's ass. That's where I got in trouble. Dusty wanted neither of Tommy. That's probably where Tommy got in trouble. Yeah. I don't know. But Ty's like Magnum TA and guys like that that be the guest man, and I'll be with you, Dusty. Dusty's like, okay, we're going to hang out at this bar. I said, no, I ain't my bar, dude. That's not the place I want to hang out. I like these crazy guys down here, these biker-looking guys down here. They respect, don't want to ask me stupid questions, want to let me drink my beer and not ask me any wrestling stupid questions. Hey, brothers, are real. You know, I knew the bars to go to. Dusty wanted to go down there where you had the nachos and, and the pretty women running around there. You know, the cupcake. Would you like the cupcake tonight, honey? You know, that kind of place, you know what I'm saying? Where Magnum could go and hang out. That wasn't my kind of hangout. So I was always, in, you know, I was in dog. But if if you were like me and Tommy drawing money, doesn't matter what kind of shit you got into, that's, because you put asses in the seats, right. and that's what paid the boys. Without you putting asses in the seats, the guy underneath you down here that you love, like the Danny Browns, the Guerreros of the world, the guys yep. that you love, Tick Donovan's and all them guys that you had down there, they'd be starving. They wouldn't have food to feed their families. They wouldn't have money to feed their families. So you took that pride that they don't have anymore because you're under contract. They don't know how to put asses in the seats now. They just put them in because it's marketing. Yeah. Right? We had to put asses in the seats for them to survive. You had all that weight on your shoulders. Right. And you had to carry for them to live. So, Manny, was the psychological weight of Vietnam, were you able to, like, was wrestling a, like almost a picnic to you with all this? You're describing a very tough business, wrestling. Was it easier for you because of what you went through in Nam to just walk into wrestling and be like, you guys don't even fucking know what tough the, is? The greatest compliment I ever got in pro wrestling on my bike, when, when I finally released my book, which I don't really want to do, but a lot of people want me to. Do it. Is because the stories that I'm telling you about the people who brought me in. Yeah. Jack Briscoe, when, when he did the quote on my book, the devotion or whatever they call that, mm-hmm. he said, they said, can you please tell us about Manny Fernandez for his book? He said one word, natural. Period. Mm. You know, Manny, I've heard I've heard from many people that you and Tommy too, you guys could work like you guys were true, true yeah. workers. Yeah. I've asked you this, Tommy, before. I'm gonna ask you this, Manny. Was your ultimate was at the time when you guys were wrestling? Was the WWE or WWF at the time the place you really wanted to go to, or did it not matter? It didn't matter to me. Why? I didn't want to go. I didn't like Vince and uh, Tommy went. Tell no, me I no, I never worked for Doug no. Vince. I, I went one time, for, but I went for senior. I went oh. for those. Mr. Barnett told me, he says, Tommy, my boy, you just got to go yeah. to Madison Square Garden so one time. Yeah. And, and so I, I worked one time. But that, I never was around the sun. Yeah. What's your matter? You didn't like the fast food? <laughs> Tommy, I mean, what made you go back <laughs> to Georgia? Yeah, fuck it. Funny story. Barnett told me work one time, and the, the, the Barnett said the same thing. But I, I really, that boy, Mike Fernandez, I really like that boy. I like to get him down to Georgia. And Eddie yeah. Graham said, no, he's here. Yeah, yeah cause <laughs> I, I did the Bayfront, and Mr. Barnett, he would go down and yeah. watch He would go to Florida and watch the show. Because yeah. it was just, it was back then it was exciting. I mean, yeah. it wasn't. But what choreographed? Was the, w- w- just, was the WWF like a joke to you guys? I'm just curious no, as to how you really, guys looked at it. We never really came a joke. There. We just southern. Red, we just know redneck boys. Yeah, yeah. but my, my question. But, but, but you I, know what? Our territory was even better. Why would I leave a territory? Or oh, he leave so Atlanta, which is hot as hell. Carolina, we started getting hot as hell. When I came in, when Dusty brought me in from Texas, he brought me in. We started getting heat. And then when Wahoo was heel and I was baby, it started coming up. And why would I want to leave, or Tommy want to leave, when we're making the same amount of money they're making, and we're more comfortable? Well, uh, but just where we're just at. being in the profession of wrestling, right? So you're you're playing like in the Omni or in Tampa, ten thousand people. You guys had to see the films of Madison Square Garden, was as twenty six thousand raging fans. WrestleMania as one, a wrestler, well, forget about two, WrestleMania right, right back then. But that's after. No, I mean. But we, my point is, are you looking and going, you know? man? I. I know I'm making the same money here, but I I just want to play in front of twenty six thousand people and feel what that is. That didn't that didn't play at all, huh? Well, when we became WCW, we went over there anyway. We sold out yeah. the arenas here. And, yeah, and, 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 uh, what is the stadium in the football stadium? I forget the damn. They knocked it down by now. Where the Giants play with Middlelands, the Middlelands. Right. We went to right. Middlelands. Yeah. We did, yeah. did right. forty thousand people. Hey, 
know, and what was that like coming from a ten thousand? It was like, oh my god, I can't. The believe Omni this. held what sixteen thousand? Yeah, the Omni. I mean, the Omni think, so the Omni was your style, Madison Square yeah. Garden, basically. Is what Omni, Omni, but they had the Bayfront. The Bayfront Bay was big. Big. Uh, the Charlotte, Charlotte Coliseum yeah, was Charlotte, big. I mean, we, I mean, had, we had the Richmond maybe Coliseum. not twenty six thousand sitting there, but but we was packing them out. You know, yeah, the army to me was like George's Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. And then when you went to the the Virginia, you had Hampton Coliseum, you had the Norfolk Scope. Those were big venues where the big basketball teams would play. They they draw big college basketball, big. You guys know that they're big over there. So did you did you not like the McMahon so many? (laughs) Go ahead, ahead. don't block. Let him let it out. This man's the biggest toad on the planet. Dude. Why? <laughs> damn toad. I think if there was a dog big enough in this world that thought he could turd Vince McMahon, he probably wouldn't want to do it because he'd probably pollute the world. <laughs> oh so, man. Hey, Why man, do you feel that way though, yeah. man? He's seriously. He, he, you, he, you know what he does to people? He tries to humiliate people. He wants them to be what he wants them to be. You know, if you know, if I'm gonna be the raging bull, who's gonna put horns on my head? Oh no! You ain't that kind of man. Oh, I'm not that desperate of a man. They ever contact you? Yeah. yeah. You, what happened? You got to remember, me and Rick Rude were the hottest tag team around. Yeah, yeah. 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 Me and Rick Rude <laughs> yeah. were the hottest tag team at one time right. be- because we had battles with Rock and Roll Express. Okay. Yeah. And Ricky okay. and Robert were dynamite, weren't they, Tom? Yes, sir. Another yeah. team that never dynamite saw Dynamite and a little package, okay. brother. Okay. And you got the honor to work those two. You took care of them like they were cuddly little babies. Does Pat Patterson, <laughs> does Pat Patterson call Manny Fernandez? Who called you? Did WWE call yeah. you? I mean, So they contacted us, and it, it being rude, had a conversation, and I was just... New York just, Vince McMahon just rubbed me wrong, something about that. Okay. I didn't like the way he treated people and tried to make them, you know, in his image. Nice. I go, I, yeah, my mom didn't raise a fool, she raised a man. Manny, tell yeah. me about the person, Rick Root. Mm. Oh. To me, it was the most beautiful person I met in a long time in the business. And I would met a lot of great people in this business. Right. Ran around the roads with some, traveled up and down the roads. Tommy seems to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. He, he, when, he was. I was in Atlanta with him, some, and he was. Yeah, Rick was really good people. Yeah, Dusty. Here's Dusty's mind, right? Rick Rude was in Memphis working with Law, with uh, Lawler, yeah. and Lawler. He, Rick was stiff. He was still breaking in. He was still kind of green. He was stiff and like, oh boy, I never get to the cold lines. I'd winch. <laughs> I said, oh my god, <laughs> right? So Dusty thought. I was in Dusty's doghouse. I had gotten in trouble. Me and Dusty just broke up from the World Tag Team title deal. And I was out there fighting in bars, getting in trouble and stuff. I get, you know, Doug Dillinger was our cop. They worked for <laughs> Dillinger. Yeah. He was a sergeant. Oh he was God. a cop that Crockett used because he worked for Charlie yeah. PD. And he'd always have to come get me out of jail. <laughs> so I was always getting in trouble, and he'd come save me, right? But I'd have to go in the office and Dusty yell at me or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. You know, I'm still going to live my life. So I was in Dusty's doghouse and Rick Rude came in from Memphis. And they didn't really know what to do with him. They didn't know what to do with me either because I was in the doghouse. So Dusty came up with the idea, well, put those two together. They probably won't work out. At least we'll have someone here. (laughs) Biggest mistake they ever made. (laughs) That team clicked so good. And Rude, and, and I told him one time we sat down, I said, you know how they're doing this, right? They don't think it can work. They, they, they've they seen you, and they see how stiff you are when you jerk guys down the mat. <laughs> they don't think it can work yet. They still think you're green. So they think that I'm going to teach you how to work. I said, if you want to listen to me, you listen to me. If you don't, you don't. That's up to you. He listened to every word I said. <laughs> every word I said. Every word I said, and we worked so good. All night, we was just filled up here. We had rock and roll in the Broadway, one hour Broadway for the World Taking title. Me and Ricky Morton went 47 minutes. Him and Robert went about <laughs> five minutes of beach. <laughs> and the way in the ring, I got back, I was so damn tired, boy. I got back and dressed there and said, Rick, brother. And Ricky Morton was complaining too. He goes, damn, boy, we worked this whole match. I go, Rick, brother, you got to help me out here. You got to stay in a little bit longer. He said, oh. Wait a minute, remember what Dusty said? You're the worker, I'm the gimmick. Oh, man. <laughs> That's good. You spent 47 minutes carrying the gimmick? 
What the fuck? So, so Manny, you mentioned another legend you worked with a bunch of times, and we had a little bit of discussion earlier about it, and that was uh, Wahoo McDaniel. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit on your relationship with him and some of those matches? Uh, did you work Wahoo? Oh, Wahoo. Uh, did he beat the hell out of you like uh, he did me? I, I, no, I always got to team up with him. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, me and him were baby. Yeah, tell, you know, tell me the story. Hey, the first time, first time we worked each other, I respected Wahoo because he was a crazy ass Indian. He'd get on that fire water, he'd fight. He'd fight King Kong and whack him down. He's a pretty big dude, too, right? Yeah, Let's yeah. Like get that out of the way. Wahoo's oh, a big tough, dude. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And a jet. A former New York <laughs> jet, and, might, I, yep. might I add. And uh, yep. we had Matt. He was heel. I was baby face, so we had some great matches. And he was just, his chops were ferocious. Oh, what's the My kill God, you? they were, it was like a razor cut in your chest. Boom. So my forearms was back. So we I used to just beat the living crap out of each other. And, and the people bought those hardcore matches. And we loved it because he didn't complain. He and complain. they weren't really hardcore matches. That's just the way they were. I mean, it, it ain't no bar bar. These yeah. two guys yeah. out there just, yeah. just you know, I mean, chopping, yeah. chopping. And you see blood come up or big yeah. well, you know. Yeah. Not no, you know, I mean, they were, you know. No just, Orange Cassidy's. No little orange cats. Yeah, no hands in the pockets, no 140-pound tennis instructors, so, okay? Okay. See, yeah. I broke Sorry. Wahoo's nose twice with the flying burrito. I, I overjudged it and got him in the nose twice. He broke my nose four times with a drop in the tomahawk, and it was just paybacks. You see, that's the kind of ways in the old days. It was, okay, you tatered me, well, here's one back, so... There was nothing said about it. It's all oh, shit. You broke my nose. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were you gonna do about it, right? <laughs> what the hell? But no, those were. Wahoo was one of the greatest wrestlers to me, uh, that probably ever laced him up to. Yeah. And one of the most toughest individuals. I'll never forget the time that he shot Dick Slater through the leg. Oh, I was there. <laughs> were you yeah, there? I was Dick there. Slater telling was me the story, Johnny. Yeah. Oh my it's, God. It's, Love Dick Slater. Love bar, Dick Slater. Yeah. Good thing was that Dick Slater was a tough son of a Oh, Diggy. Yeah, yeah, Diggy was go. bad man. Bad, bad, bad man. We was there, and this guy come out, and Wahoo, he had a big axe handle or something, and Wahoo had him up against the, up against the bar outside of the bar. Anyway. The guy, about the time Diggy come out, Wahoo went to hit him with the gun, the butt in or something. The gun went off, shot Diggy in the leg here, <laughs> and it come out here. And uh, anyway, Wahoo oh. thought he was going to jail. Of course, Diggy didn't press charges, you know, if he just, but if it had been somebody else, well, today, they'd press charges. Today, you know? would have had a cell phone recording Diggy, and everything. You know? Forget it. And, and, yeah. and, but they and they still, I mean, they were still friends, you know. I mean, right. it wasn't like you right. shot me. I've been, Shit happens. Yeah. You know, but that, right? That's what said, it was. I heard he said, I think you shot me. I think, yeah, oh, you did. Oh, shit, shit, you, you know, did. did. All right, yeah. let's go to the diner. Let me just tape this thing up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. There you no, go. Yeah, he was, yeah, Wahoo was, was a great, great man. And, 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 now, he, now, Wahoo, now, if he didn't like you, Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, oh, but but if Wahoo fuck. liked it, that, okay. and I love Wahoo, but he pissed you off every now and then. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, he pissed you off. Can I, can I ask two NWA absolute legends? Yeah. What's your opinion on Hulk Hogan? Be, try to be nice for us. I love Hulk Hogan, but you know what? He drawed what a lot opinion? of money. He drawed a lot of money. I mean, you know, I was in Georgia when he was wrestling at Sterling Golden okay. before he went to... I think he left Georgia and went to AWA and worked yep, up there. And then, Rocky and then Three, Vince, the rest and then of Vince history, seen right, him and right. hey, and he was off to the race. Did you guys resent Hogan, or do you admire no, at least that he took know, wrestling to another level? Or no, I mean, he put ass to each his own. Yeah, yeah I know, mean, uh, it's like I told you. He worked in Atlanta and got over and threw money. He got I worked over. Florida, got over and threw he money. He got over wherever he went. We got over in our territory. We're in right. our own territory. He's over in New York. That doesn't mean that he's right. going to come. If he had to draw money and put asses in seat, he might have not done it in Atlanta. He yeah. might have not done it in Florida where he started. Right. It's Terry Bollet and didn't do worth the shit. Yeah. Even Harley Race said, who's this piece of shit? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> he come up, up to a damn oh, bar. We, we were at a damn bar called Level 3 Lounge in Tampa. And me and Harley just went an hour Broadway in the Armory in Tampa. And I was on the third level of the bar up there because that was our favorite hangout. Mm-hmm. And, and Harley was downstairs in the lower bar drinking his beer. 
That damn boy, Terry Bollet, was playing music up there on the stage back oh, there. Terry Bollet playing his music. The and he came up there and was bugging yeah. Harley, and Harley told him, if you don't get away from me, I'm going to knock you in the next week. <laughs> Jesus. Interesting. <laughs> what, was, what was a payday from the Omni? Oh. Oh, yeah. What'd you get? If we can ask. Well, it, it depends on who you had. Yeah, if I mean the main event, if you sold out, you make two to three grand, you know. Manny, same thing? If I had Harley at the last time I had Harley at the Bayfront, it was sold out. And that was the night I knocked myself out. I, I did the flying burrito. I went completely over Harley's race. Spiked myself on the concrete outside. I was in a coma for two days in the hospital. Oh, good God. Yeah. And yeah. Harley, listen to this. This is how good Harley race was. That match was supposed to go an hour Broadway. Wasn't going to be anything else. How far Harley, into the match was the... We were 20 minutes into the match. Okay, okay. Harley went outside, pretending he was beating me up, put me back in the ring, picked me up like I was trying to fight back, and then he started waylaying on me, and then everybody saw that I was out, and Jack Briscoe hit the ring. You know, former world champion yeah. Jack Briscoe, and the people went crazy. But Harley carried on with that match with his dead body. Yeah. Wow. Wait, but wow. that's 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 talk about on the fly. Yeah. But that's wow. but that's that, but I seen Harley one night. Uh, he, you know, Harley was always a heel, like when he come to Georgia. But one night he was supposed to wrestle a babyface. I don't even remember who it was, but he was the heel, and the babyface wasn't there or something. And Harley went out there on the mic, and in a minute and a half, the people was eating out of his head. He he ended up wrestling one of the heels, and I mean, just that quick, just. The psychology, you know, the psychology, and, and it just a, he was a ring. You, you know, you know, it's funny coming from the with WWE guys, right? That's just what we were yeah, until we cable, right? Yeah. You don't, you don't really know what Harley Race was really all about until we speak to guys like you, right? Because right. you just never yeah. saw me. You, you kind of did. We saw King Harley Race, right? The the forty. I did see Harley Race Harley by Bob Backlund when he was NWA yeah. champion in the you early eighties. That was awesome. The greatest thing I learned from Harley one time was the first time I wrestled him. I was so damn nervous. This really? is the first time I wrestled for the world title. And I wasn't nine months in the business, bro. And that doesn't happen in our profession. Wrestling for the young. world in, title in nine era. months in. Yeah. In that wow. era. And all because of Terry Shit. Funk. That's why I love him so much. All because of Terry Funk. I got that shot at Harley. I was so damn nervous that night when they came over and it was Jack Briscoe and Dusty Rhodes and Eddie Graham came over to the dressing room. How you feel, kid? I said, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So oh, you'll be all right, kid. You're going an hour tonight. I went, what? What? What, what am I? What Did am it I doing? occur to you what kind of, you know, approval you were being given? Yeah, but that's why I was choking up. Yeah. So, so you're I nervous as shit, yeah. but you realized was, it though. I was so nervous. Oh my god. With Harley, that he could tell right off the back when I was jittering and all this stuff, and he says, fun face like a kid, and I fun face like him real hard. Got him in there real kid. He says, I'm going to tell you something. They're the puppets. I am the puppet master. I pull the strings, so shut up and relax. Wow. And that's the last, I've always remembered Talk that. Talk about I, driving the bus. Yeah. Wow. So, so Manny, we're coming to a close. I know your wife wants to go home. She's no, exhausted at this point, right? Um, you're in Puerto Rico. The, the story goes around that you kind of gave the invader like this uh, jump on the midsection. He was throwing up blood and everything else. Uh, was that a work or was that payback for the uh, payback. for murder of Bruiser Brody? Good for you. It's payback. Good for you. Tell the story. Yeah. Good for you. You know, I tell that story too. I mean, it's just, you know, like we said earlier, you guys asked me about Brody, Brody earlier. Yeah. Brody, I was Brody's little brother. When I was in San Antonio, after I left Florida, I went to San Antonio for Joe Blanchard. Joe Blanchard. Tully's yeah. dad. And he brought me in there because I was hot, and and uh, they wanted a hot Hispanic in San Antonio to get, get over. Mm. And, you know, Eddie says, you know, Eddie Graham says, you got a good spot for you. We'll take care of you, and we'll bring you back. So they let you go after yeah, a while, and, that, and then they bring you back. But that was good business because it kept you fresh, you know. It kept you, you fresh, you know. know. Go back. So San Antonio, and, and Brody would come in, and, and – Brody was the kind of guy that you had to be at the gym at 6 in the morning, and if he loved you, he was pounding on your door at 6 in the morning going, Get up, kid. We're going to the gym. <laughs> Whether you liked it or not, yeah. there was no saying no. He wasn't going to say no to him, no damn way. So, you know. It's, or I wouldn't. Me neither. Me neither. Back then, Brody was big. Oh, God. So, you know, 
we became very close. He took good care of me in the ring when we tagged up, me, him, and Stan in Six Man, me, him, and Bobby Duncan in Six Man. They always took, the story that came from West Texas State was that little kid, because every, everybody in West Texas State, even Tito was 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, mm. Everybody was big over 6'4", six 6'5". Six, six, I was only 6'. So everybody was, you take care of the little kid. Everybody takes you. Tough little son of a bitch, you take care of him. So that that just carried on with Stan, Stan uh, Hanson and, and, and Brody and Bobby Duncan and Tito. Bobby all Duncan. the guys, all the guys that came out of West State, Terry, Dory. I was Murdoch, a bunch of good ones yeah, come, out, come of out of there. Yeah. You know, and, and except for Tully, he got me stabbed almost, he got me killed. <laughs> Manny, how were you able to hold back when you were giving the receipt to said invader? I knew I was getting out of there. That was the main thing. That I had, be, I had a, a plan fine escape. line, man. I had a plan to escape. My wife was a flight attendant for U.S. Air okay. back in the day when U.S. Air was around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had my press, you know, pass, air pass, where I was just going to, my bag, his car was ready. I had his girlfriend in Puerto Rico, car ready, jump in the car, get dressed, jump in U.S. Air, use my press pass or my flight pass to get on the plane. That's how I got out. So you came down there with that plan in mind. I'm going to yeah. fuck this guy up. Yep. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right, guys. So you go into wrestling '80s con, right? You got these wrestling fans that love you guys. Way up to three, baby. Please tell tell the fans where they could find you, where they could see you, what time. Where are you going to be at? Okay. Uh, <laughs> where are we going to be at? We're here. We're there. Don't ask uh, no hard question. Where we're going that was a hard ball. question. Yeah. We're going to be with Darren. Where the hell are you going to be with Darren? All right, so let me help out. Wrestling 80s Con in Jersey. There you go. Uh, where they there have all the great wrestlers from it's the 80s. Be a big day. Yeah. None better than the two gentlemen sitting on And this don't couch. worry, they'll find it, folks. Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Tommy Rich. By the way, Tommy, I have to tell you something. I didn't get a chance to talk to you today, but um, Farrow's a huge sports fan. Tommy. Huge sports fan, right? Oh, Jets, no. Nets, Knicks, Rangers. Where are you going with but this? But Farrow seems to always think that he has, this, he, has, he has this power to help them I win a championship. I don't have any power. He's afraid so of me. He's don't be- listen to this. Lately, he's become a jinx. But one thing I, I did find out, jinx. I was looking through Bastard. the annals oh. of uh, a wrestling magazine. Yeah. And um, Make this good, Mike. there was a young man by the name of Tommy Rich who wins the NWA title. Okay. And then there's a quote by a young Jimmy Farrell. I found yeah, it out of the blue. such a liar. It said, this wrestler will be NWA champion for the next 10 years. I didn't say and that. And what happens? Five days later, you lose the NWA title. What a life. You and see, then, and then he was NWA champion. This is unbelievable. What is this? Damn. I didn't say that. So, Tommy, I have to apologize oh, for the show me. that Jimmy Farrell Damn, ruined Jimmy. your run at the uh, NWA it, it title. It just lies. I didn't you have that turned kind of, on me, brother. I didn't have that kind of power. <laughs> Listen, we'll make up for it. Hey, at we'll, least we'll, he won the NWA. Yeah, I got the belt around him. What's the best? That's right. That's true. That, you know, it is what With it that, is. we want to thank you guys. And if, wow, if we may one more time stand up and say thank you, Absolutely. Manny Fernandez. Absolutely. Outstanding, you guys. Oh, yeah, I think. Thank you, man. I was getting up to it. Here we go. With that, Jimmy, send us out, buddy. You've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh on behalf of NWA legends, Manny Fernandez, Tommy Rich. Thank you. Our Thank buddy you from the after show. Oh, you guys are awesome, man. ESO, Mr. Monty, and the Pharaoh. Later. We missed that interview. We can do it again. Yeah, we will. Well, we got a quick Later. Later.